Just so everyone is aware, I will say video cast sometimes because I actually have a YouTube channel. If you would like to check me out, it is called The Gospel Call. There you can watch my sermons and interviews with people where I ask for their thoughts on the afterlife. I go through the good person test and even talk about the wonderful plan of salvation, like how Jesus paid for all our sins. Yeah, that one. I also have a TikTok channel at The Gospel Call No Spaces and Instagram, also The Gospel Call No Spaces. So thank you very much for checking out my podcast. I hope you enjoy it. God bless. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful sinful flesh and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, we walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Shalom to you all, and welcome to another The Gospel Call podcast slash videocast. I am so thankful for you all joining and tuning in here. This will be lovely. This is one of my favorite chapters, and I always say how much I love Romans, and this is another reason why it is a beautiful, a poetic, and powerful chapter. Even just the very first verse, there is therefore now no condemnation. Ah, lovely. If you have comments, if you have strife with me or just want a discussion, please put comments in the comments below. Put your thoughts in there. (laughs) Uh, Tell me what you guys are thinking. I want to get out of this um, exegetically as possible. I want to get what it's trying to say to me what it was originally trying to say, what Paul was originally trying to say to the Christians, what God is trying to tell us. I want to read it just like the people in those churches would have first read it. Like this is the first time they're hearing this. They're all coming together, gathering, and they're going to hear this letter. And, And it's powerful. And I want to get that too. Now I will confess, this is my second time shooting this video. Because my first time, I didn't set the focus in my haste because I had natural light. And I was like, I really want to use this so bad. And I just uh, hurried up and shot it in without focus. So uh, hopefully this looks much better. I will know after I work with it. It looks pretty good now. But I hope that it is a blessing to you. And let's get started. So no more condemnation. For Christians. And this goes with what I talked about last chapter, how as a Christian, you can't actually sin because you don't belong to the law of death anymore. You've been freed from that. And Jesus has conquered that. And Paul talks more about that too in the beginning of this chapter, like 
You now belong to the spirit. You are now a spiritual being. And and he'll talk about you like still dealing with the flesh in, in like uh, a few more verses and stuff. But that's not the point here. The point here is that it is impossible to please God in the flesh. Wait, wait, wait. That goes with Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, where Isaiah says that even our good deeds are considered as dirty rags before you, God. And think about it. If you are not truly, like if you are a sinful being, like your heart is blackened, it is utterly impossible for you to please God because you're not a spiritual being because God even said that there will come a day where you will worship in spirit and in truth. And if God only cares about your heart and your heart is blackened, then how could you please him if your heart is blackened? That's that's kind of the reasoning here. And uh, not to say that life is all about pleasing God. It, it isn't. It's about doing the right thing. And um, in this case, the right thing is to um, love God. And But you can't. You can't even bring these things about unless you are born of the Spirit. And that also goes with being uh, born again. What Jesus said to Nicodemus is you must be born again. It is, um, in fact, the literal there in the Greek is actually being born from above. So you need to be born from above. You need to be spiritual rather than fleshly. Now, that's not to say as Christians we should just be spiritual people because Christians... Like people will say, well, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, but that's kind of stupid because a religious person is supposed to be spiritual. But as Christians, we should be spiritually minded, like we should be spiritual people. We should be human beings that are spiritually, not just minded, but live spiritually. In fact, there is another place that Paul says that is impossible to please God without faith, uh, or without faith is impossible to please God. Remember how I talked about how faith is a spiritual concept? Maybe you didn't see that video, but that was a special emphasis on the fact that faith is, and, and also I even talked about how love is a spiritual concept. Having faith in God, having trust in God, like this is a spiritual thing, this should bring you closer to God. This this is what pleases God because God doesn't care about the outside stuff. Like, yes, I go to church. Yes, I read my Bible. But God doesn't care about that. What he cares about is my heart in it. Is my heart in it, right? When I'm reading my Bible, do I do it just because I'm trying to obtain knowledge? Do I do it just because it's a chore? Or am I doing this because I love God and I want to like and and I have I have faith that God will give me wisdom and give me knowledge and I do it out of love I do it out of faith like that is why we should be doing things this is what Paul is getting at I want to continue reading because a lot of what Paul is saying and what what he gets to is what I'm also trying to get at almost like I think I'm getting the point of this. At least I truly hope I am. So just read it with me. See if you're getting the same thing here. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ 
does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Oh my goodness. I want to unpack this a little bit. I'm going to get to one final point at the very end, and I want to kind of lead into that and just follow with me here. So if we are dead to sin, right, if we actually have the Spirit of Christ, which uh, I believe that's specifically like the Holy Spirit, actually it is the Holy Spirit, (laughs) the Spirit of Christ is the Holy Spirit. Uh, We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We are, in fact, born again Christians, okay? Now we are dead to sin. We don't belong to sin anymore, right? Dead purely means separation, so we're separated from sin, right? And he goes on to say how we have not been given the spirit of slavery, the of, of bondage, right, uh, to fall back into sin or into fear. And, and that is, um, like people say how fear is a sin and stuff, but you should still fear God, but I'm not getting into that. What I'm getting into is that as a Christian— you weren't given this uh, spirit to go back into sin. It would be like a prisoner where he had just been freed, all of his fine has been paid for, right? And he goes back into the jail cell and puts his chains back on. It's stupid. Why would you do that, right? Now, that's not to say that me as a Christian doesn't mess up. I do. I mess up a lot. But I haven't been given the spirit to do that. That is from Satan, so if I give in to Satan, I'm transgressing. Uh, we talked about in the last, or I talked about in the last chapter, uh, that you don't actually break God's law. You just transgress or commit iniquity. But now your natural course is to do spiritual things. Uh, and uh, you have this, almost this war in yourself because you have a spirit and a flesh fighting against each other. And what you have is you have this tug towards good and towards evil, almost like yin and yang, right? Um, But in in the Chinese culture, they say how they have to work together. Um, You you can have good without evil, but evil without good. But I'm not getting into that. Right. I'm getting off topic here. Um, You have them tugging against each other. And eventually, we are going to be set completely free. Boom. Boom. Just like Jesus Christ was separated from his body, he his body died. And then he, when he was resurrected as a perfect human being, then we will be like him one day. We will be resurrected just like him. And Paul says, provided that we go through the same sufferings as Christ. So if you're a true Christian, you will go through the same sufferings 
as Christ in, in a spiritual sense. You won't be hung on a cross. But I talked about earlier how God wants us to worship him in spirit and truth. It's all about your heart and, and the spirit, spiritually minded way that you do things. Uh, it's not about the outward. Okay, you can't please God in the flesh. You need to please God spiritually. If you are not born again, you can't please God. So when you're born again, you worship God spiritually, okay? So your heart really needs to be in it. But then also, now you are an heir of God. You are literally a son of God so that you can cry out to God and say, Abba, Father. Now you can have a relationship with God. Now your heart isn't just in it, but it's pulled towards it. It's based upon trust and faith and and love and so that you grow closer to him, he continually uh, he continually shows you your limits and you uh, see those limits and you see how great God is and you continue to trust him. Um, it's, it's a patience thing and it's very difficult. Um, but you literally have been given authority by God so that as a Christian, you have power over sin, not because of yourself, not because you're powerful, but because God gave you authority, because God gave you control over that over those things. So I talked about also in the last chapter how we have victory in Christ, right? And how God helped me through a pornography issue that I had, and I have victory in Christ, and this is exactly that. It's because I am a son of God. I've been given authority over over sin and death. He, he didn't give me this spirit of bondage. He didn't give me that at all. That That's from Satan. I give into that willingly. But God, instead, he gave me a spirit of, of power and a sound mind, which is just beautiful. And I want to continue to read, and I want you guys to get what I am getting at here. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together and the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have, been, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption or for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we are saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope, for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Okay, this might sound odd to anyone who's an atheist, skeptic, or agnostic. Like, oh my goodness, it's hope. You know, it's 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 all facade. It's 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 this uh, blind faith. And let me ask you then: any relationship that do say you have a wife, do you trust her? Yeah, of course I do. I know her. Ah, I know God. I have trust in God, okay? So I have a relationship with God. He is my father. I cry, Abba, Father. I'm an heir of God. So then also I have this hope 
that one day this corrupted flesh will be taken away. It will be taken away and it will be renewed and raised up just as my spirit has been raised up and they will become reunited once again and I will be made perfect and that takes patience, which also takes trust. And trust, what is that built on? That is based on evidence. I know who God is. I know that God cannot lie by definition. I know for a fact that God always keeps his promises. And I know that God holds all wisdom and all knowledge, so he knows what he's doing way more than I do. And that is what our relationship with God should be based on. This is what we need to always remember as Christians is that like our relationship with God is based on this faith and it's not based on our performance. You can't please God in the flesh. And that includes just doing physical stuff. Like God doesn't care about that. God doesn't care about the fact that you go to church. He cares about the fact that your heart is in church. God doesn't care about the fact that you hand out tracks. God cares about the fact that your heart is in those tracks and handing out those tracks or in handing out little Bibles or talking to people or reading your Bible or doing anything, anything related to worship to God, singing and praising, praying. God cares about your heart and your spirit more way, much more (laughs) than your fleshly self. It is so much more important. And Paul is going to get to an amazing climax here. And I just hope that you all listen to this because these are beautiful words. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also give or also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written? For your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, 
nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Imagine this. You are dealing with a terrible trial in your life. It is so hard to trust God every step of the way. It is getting more and more difficult. The pressure is on. You are falling and tripping constantly and you have to get back up. And you are so worried about whether or not you are truly a Christian or, or that you could even lose this. You're worried that you are displeasing God. And let me tell you this right now. If you are genuinely trusting Christ, there is nothing that is going to separate you from the love of Christ Jesus. Absolutely nothing. Your sin won't, man won't, God won't. God won't take you away. And he's the only one who can. Not because you because you didn't earn it, because it's God gave it to you. It's all based upon faith. And it's not like, oh, you just lose your faith. Oh, God takes away your salvation. No, that is not at all it because we are flawed humans and God gets that. God understands. Jesus understands our flaws. And so because of that, he, he foreknew us. He foreknew we would trust him. And so he predestined us. He gave us a destiny according to the fact that he knew we would trust him. And so he elected us and he justified us and we will be glorified one day. And this is so powerful, so poetic to any Christian dealing with sin in his life. Now, you have two options. Either you are not one of Christ, either you are not a son of God and you don't have the spirit of Christ within you, or or you actually are a child of God, but you are currently dwelling in sin. Now, to someone who isn't actually born again, this is kind of how you know. You kind of don't really care. <laughs> you kind of don't really care that you're in sin. You don't think it's really a big deal. You think that, um, you know, there are worse things out there. You kind of give excuses and you don't give a crud, which is a crude way to put it. Uh, someone would probably use the S word that I'm thinking of, but I'm definitely not going to do that. That is kind of how you know you are not a real Christian, is the fact that you don't care and you're not spiritually minded about this. But if you do care, if you are so sorry and you just keep repenting to God, like, God, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. I disappointed you. I'm so sorry. And you get convicted and you feel the spirit of God working in you, man, and it just hurts. Maybe you haven't repented yet, but you just feel this like, prick in your heart and it just it hurts and it won't go away that is how you know that you are a child of God because that is the spirit of God working in you convicting you so that you will actually get away from this stuff it's because it's only going to ruin your relationship with God it's only going to ruin it further so let me tell you this there is always victory but only in Jesus you can have all your sins washed clean. You can be born again, but only when you take your sins to Jesus and have him cleanse you and you are you're trusting in him for the forgiveness of those sins. And Christian, you can go to Jesus. We can go to the throne of God boldly and we can say, Abba, Father, 
You have given me authority. I'm an heir, a son of God. You've given me power over these principalities that cannot separate me from your love. Take this sin away from me. I will fight until the very end, the bitter end against this. And listen to me, you will always have battles. I still have battles. I still have struggles. But I have victory because of Jesus Christ. I still have, I have this conquering victory and I don't want to do those things. Even if I mess up, I trip, I get right back up. That is the important thing, is your heart. And this is what I was getting to, is your heart before God. That is how you have a proper relationship. This is how you grow closer to God, is through those trials, through those times that you are messing up, your heart is in the right place every single time. If it's not in the right place, I would start worrying. That's that's where I would start being like, oh, okay, something's wrong here. I think I might not be a Christian. But if your heart is in the right place and you truly want to get better and get away from this sin and seek God and you hate this sin, that is great. You are like 10 steps above most of the world. And and I'm not trying to like say like this person is better than this person because all are equal at the throne or at the um, cross but you still need to repent if you haven't repented. Um, I hope this is encouraging because I do a sin constantly and I fight against it, but God helps me through it. And so any Christian who's out there who is listening to this, there is victory in Christ, but it's in Christ. It doesn't mean you still don't have to try. You, you do. You do need to fight against it with all your might. But you need to find that in Jesus. You need to find that ultimate victory in him, even if you still mess up, even if you continue to mess up, but you seek to be like Christ, right? Being conformed into the image of the Son. That, that is what we need to strive for. God will do the great work. We just need to have the right heart before God. You get me? Having the right heart before God is the most important thing. All that legalism stuff, mm-mm. no, that's not going to get you a right heart before God. So thank you all so much for watching this video. I hope that it has been a blessing to you. Read this chapter over again because it is just amazing or watch this video over again. I don't know. I pray that if you have any disagreements or if you have any like, you know, um, uh, I guess you just want good discussion, just please leave a comment. Because these are only my words. <laughs> these are not God's words. There, there's a reason that I put scripture in here is because it's God's word. Like his, his word is so much greater and wiser than me or than mine. I can mess up so many times in the sentence where it's like, God, he has it all down perfectly. Not to say that every translation is perfect, but um, the fact is, is that God is always the source and we should always go to him for knowledge. So uh, don't just take my word for it. Uh, read this with an open mind, in an exegetical way, not going into it with your own opinion because you're going to ruin it, okay? So again, remember this stuff, please. Thank you so much for watching this. I know I said that already, but I need it. So God bless you all and shalom. Shalom.